Amen. Amen. I hope we're hungry for the Lord tonight. Amen. This Wednesday night, we certainly thank the Lord for the joy and privilege of being in God's house. Esther chapter 5. Would you go there with me in the word of God? Esther chapter number 5. How many are thankful for the Bible tonight? Say amen. And that we're not here on a Wednesday night trying to figure something out and guess at it get somebody's opinion, take a poll on what everybody thinks. Thank God that he has something to say. And he said it. And how many believe he said it? He meant it. Esther chapter 5. Esther chapter 6. We finished chapter 5. And we're about to finish chapter 6. Let's go back and look at some of what we discussed a couple weeks ago and see what God is doing. Look at verse number 8. Let the royal apparel be brought, which the king uses to wear. And the horse that the king rideth upon. And the crown royal, which is set upon his head. Now, you know you're doing good when you're wearing the king stuff. Somebody say amen. And let this apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that they may array the man with all whom the king delighted to honor and bring him on horseback through the street of the city and proclaim before him, thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delighteth to honor. Then the king said to Haman, Make haste. Take the apparel and the horse. As thou hast said. Isn't that interesting? It's your idea, buddy. And do even so to whom? Mordecai to what? The Jew. What I got on this skin. He couldn't stand Jews. Hey, God don't like ugly. That sitteth at the king's gate. Let nothing fail of all that, what? Thou hast spoken. Then took came in the apparel and the horse and arrayed Mordecai and brought him on horseback through the street of the city and proclaimed before him, Thus shall it be done unto the man whom the king delighted to honor. And Mordecai came again to the king's gate, but Haman hasted to his house mourning and having his head covered. Now it's time to whine. And Haman told Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends everything that had befallen him, then said his wise men and Zeresh, his wife, unto him, If Mordecai be of the seed of the Jews before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but thou shalt surely fall before him. And while they were yet talking with him, came the king's chamberlains and hasted to bring Haman unto the banquet that Esther had prepared. Let the church say amen. Father, add thy blessing to the reading of your word, for it is already blessed. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, fill me with your spirit. Help me to be exactly what you'd have me to be and help me to preach what I say of the Lord. Use the Bible as you have time and time again. Now, Lord, do what you do. Thank you for being God. Thank you for being the one we can adore. 
that we long for. Merciful, wonderful Savior. Help us to be hungry tonight. May the things of this earth grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. Now bless the few moments we have around the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Say it with me. God is working behind the scenes. Say it again. Say it like you mean it. God is working. Now say amen if you believe it. He is working. Sure he is. The only book in the Bible where the name of God is not mentioned, and yet God's all over the pages. Sure he's working. Sure he's working. He's working in a king that doesn't know him. He's working in an evil man who, who can't stand him. He's working in a man who's taken this girl to be his own. He's working in this beautiful, pure girl who's in the palace. He's working behind the scenes. And ladies and gentlemen, in your life, when it seems like God is not moving, God is not active, when it seems like sin is prevailing, it seems like the devil's plan is working out, it seems like God is absent, seems like God is not doing anything, it seems like things are going awry, it seems like you're getting nothing done in your prayer life, it seems like you can't find what you need from God. I promise you, based on the character of our God who never changes, he's still working behind this thing. Sure he is. And here we are in the middle of this story. It's, it's a beautiful story that's unfolded right before our eyes. We're watching a ruler full of pride that makes a demand that's unreasonable. It, he ends up firing his own wife to be queen, and he has a vacancy that needs to be filled. And he gets all of these beautiful virgins in the kingdom to come to the palace, and they're going to show off in front of him, and he's going to pick the one that he likes the most. And wouldn't you know it, the one he likes the most is God's child. Boy, doesn't it pay to be God's child? And here she is in the palace. And eventually there's an evil plot that takes place and there is a demise that's been set. It's been staged. It is scheduled. All of the Jews are going to be annihilated. This wicked man, Haman, who's a picture of the devil, is scheming a scheme that the king has signed off on. He's put his royal approval upon it. And the destruction, the annihilation of an entire people is set to happen at least on paper. Somebody ought to be glad tonight that God doesn't have to go with what's on paper. And here she is. She discovers from Mordecai that her people have been doomed in that great powerful verse in Esther chapter 4. Who knoweth that thou art brought to the kingdom for such a time as this? Maybe God made you pretty. Maybe God kept you pure. Maybe God placed you in the palace. Maybe everything that you're enjoying, the crown you're wearing and the robe you're wearing and the quarters that you have and everything that's afforded you is for this moment that God has brought you to the kingdom, brought you to the palace for such a time as this. Ladies and gentlemen, the divine appointment of God is always on time. The songwriter said, he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Here she is. And so here comes a plan. She's patient. She's poised. She goes before the king. She's taking a risk. If he doesn't hold out the golden scepter, she is to be killed. He has not sent for her for 30 days. I won't tell you something in these last days. I believe with all my heart. If we're going to serve the Lord, we've got to be willing to take some risks. You young people are in a Christian school and 
the environment is pretty set for you with the Bible all around you and Christian teachers in front of you and rules that line up with the Word of God. But I'm just telling you, it's 2023. We're in the end of the end of the end times. You're going to live for God, young people, in 2023. You've got to take some risks. You may lose some friends. You may lose some cool points. You, you, you may lose some popularity. You, you may lose a starting spot on the team. You, you may lose the perception of people around you. You may be called some names. You, you may go down while you're trying to move up. But ladies and gentlemen, it never fails to take a risk for the glory of God. She does. The scepter comes out and he offers her up to half of the kingdom. But in a very pa poised, patient way. She doesn't ask for him to wipe away the decree. She doesn't ask or even inform him of what has been said against her. She just invites him and Haman to the banquet. And here they come and she's going to invite them to another banquet. And, and Haman is, is excited thinking, oh, I've got it made in the shade drinking pink lemonade. I've been invited to Esther. She didn't invite anybody else but the king and me. And he goes home bragging about it. And he's excited about being invited to this, this wonderful banquet that Esther has prepared. And then chapter 6 shows up. Right after these gallows are set, right after this plan in Esther chapter number 5 at the last thing, he calls the gallows to be made at the suggestion of his wife and his friends. Right when we're getting closer and closer to destruction, all of a sudden, God steps in. Aren't you glad he knows when to step in? Here's how it happens. The king can't sleep. I mean, the implication is that he doesn't have problems sleeping. He's not suffering from insomnia, but he can't sleep this night. On the very night that the gallows have been set and the stage has been set to destroy the people of God, the king can't sleep. Chapter number six, he wakes up, and this is what we, we looked at the last time we were here, unexpected restlessness. He could not sleep. He commanded to bring the book of the records and the chronicles. So when his unexpected restlessness comes up, he makes an urgent request. Bring me the records. Bring me the records. Why tonight does he need the records? Listen. God woke him up that night. Aren't you glad God knows when to wake people up? Sure he does. Bring the records. Bring the chronicles. Read them. Read them. And the undeniable record clearly reads of these two keepers of the door who sought to kill him. Now, we, we went over this in our study. Earlier in the study, there were two keepers that worked for the king that were plotting to destroy him. And guess who found out about it? Mordecai. Guess who reported? He got word to Esther. And all of a sudden, the king's life was saved by the word of Mordecai. But he never got rewarded for it. And there's somebody in the building tonight that's disgruntled because you did something good and nobody rewarded you for it. I'm trying to tell you God's watching. He's watching. And just at the right time, the king wakes up, bring the records, and all of a sudden they say, well, what did we do for the guy that saved my life? Verse number three, what honor and dignity have been done to Mordecai? What has been happened? The unexplainable revelation is we didn't do anything for him. Verse number three, nothing was done for him. And so the, the unlikely reality is now Haman has come to the court. He's getting ready to come, come tell the king, let's hang the Jews. And right when he walks up, the king is discussing how to honor Mordecai. And here comes Haman in. And the king says, who's in the court? Haman's coming to court. They bring him in. And Haman's got these gallows that he wants to prepare to hang Mordecai on. Verse number five, the king's servant said unto him, Haman standeth in the court. He comes in. Verse six, Haman came in and the king said to him, what shall be done unto the man whom the king delighted to honor? And as soon as he hears, he goes, oh, that's me. Oh, 
I came right on time. Yeah, you came right on time. But listen to me. When you're evil, on time is not for your benefit. Oh, my goodness. And so he's going to answer the question with himself in mind. That's what selfishness does. It blinds you to sensibility. That's what pride does. It blinds you to sensibility. All of a sudden, he's naming all these wonderful things that should be done to the person that the king delighted to honor, except he doesn't realize he ain't that person. Pride makes me think I'm all that. Pride makes me think that everybody loves. Pride makes me think that I'm the one that should be praised. Pride makes me think that I'm the one that should be honored. Pride makes me think that I'm the one that should be flattered. Pride makes me think I'm the one that should be rewarded. Truth be told, just as sure as the reward will come to righteousness, rest assured the repercussions will come to foolishness. Be sure your sin will find you out. Somebody said, nobody ever recognized the good I did. Listen to me, God will in due season, Galatians 6 9. And somebody in here thinking, mm, nobody ever caught the bad I did. That's going to be recognized. The bad you do will catch up and the good you do will catch up. God will reward righteousness and God will punish foolishness. And so he's listening. And I mean, he's going on and on. What shall be done, Haman? To the person who the king delighted on. Look at verse number seven. The uninformed reply. The understandable rehearsal. It makes sense that the king asked Haman what to do. I mean, this is his right-hand man. This is the one that the king trusts. The king still doesn't know how wicked his right-hand man is. Listen to me. Eventually, that which is done in secret shall be brought to light. And Haman says, oh. Let me tell you what you should do. Verse 8, where we started to read, get the best apparel. I mean, let him wear your clothes. Let him ride your horse. Let him wear your crown. He's thinking, you know what he's saying in his head? Let me ride your horse. Let me wear your crown. Let me wear your clothes. And let this horse and the Clothes be delivered by the noble princes, verse number nine, whom the king delighted to honor. Bring him on the horseback through the street. You know what he's saying? Bring me on. Oh, yeah, I'm riding downtown through the street. This shall be done whom the king did. This is what you should do for me, king, because I am the man. Ladies and gentlemen, pride will make you think you're the man even though you're not. Look at verse number 10. Then said the king to Haman, make haste. <laughs> no problem with that, right? Take the apparel and the horse, check number two. As thou hast said, check number three. And do even so to Mordecai the Jew. What'd you say? I don't know why what came to my mind was, what you talking about, Willis? But anyway, <laughs> anyway. Pride cometh before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It's coming. 
It's coming. It's coming. How I many you rolling and you rolling and you rolling and things are going well? I got the king eating out of my hand. I got him asking me questions. I got him asking me for counsel. I'm telling him everything that I want him to do that's all in my benefit. And then I find out that everything I said for my own benefit is actually benefiting my enemy because my enemy happens to be a friend of God. Listen to me. You don't want to be enemies with friends of God. Let me say that again. You do not want to be an enemy of a friend of God. And while I'm at it, you don't want to be a friend of an enemy of God. This, this, listen, God is working behind the scenes. God wakes up a man who's used to sleeping. God has him read a book that he's never looked at. God has him pull records that he's never fooled with. God has him honor a man that he's never honored before. And God has him ask the man's enemy how to honor him who thinks he's going to honor himself. Won't he do it? Somebody say amen. Wow. Go get him. Now, this, this is tough. Mordecai to do that, sitteth in the king's gate. And that's where he couldn't stand him sitting. Every time he walked past Mordecai, he said, ah. Every time, even when he was a good mood, he had to walk past Mordecai. There he goes, sitting there, and he won't stand up. He won't bow down. He won't honor me when he walks by. And the king is almost just feeding him everything that gets on his nerves, killing him with the stuff he hates. Go to the place where you can't stand. Go find a man that you hate, and let nothing fail of all thou hast. In other words, and while you're doing good to him, just remember you the one that came up with the idea. Listen to me, Night Church. Stay out of the vengeance department. Somebody help me preach. It ain't your department. Listen, I know what you said. Mm, wait till I get them back. Wait till I get them back. You can't get them like God get them. And you're thinking, well, I'm going to get somebody back. See if I give them a birthday gift. See if I call them. See if I speak to them. See if I do anything. By the time they realize they ain't going to get what they used to get from me, listen to me. They get it from somebody. You can't get nobody like God gets them. He's got more access. He's got more resources. He's got more people working for him. He wakes people up that normally sleep. He hires people that work for somebody else. He does stuff that nobody else can do. And God will have somebody who never was rewarded wearing the king's clothes and some Somebody who thinks he's all that dress in a minute. What a God. The upright recipient. Then took Haman the apparel and the horse and arrayed Mordecai and brought on him on horseback through the street of the city and proclaimed before him, thus shall it be done unto the man whom the king delighted to And I want you to know, watch this now. As bad as it was for Haman, how you think Mordecai must have felt? I mean, there's got to be a little bit of Mordecai in him. Say, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. How you like me now? Hey, hey, listen, listen, listen. When you choose not to recompense evil with evil, you will be able to watch God judge people in peace. Huh? When you get in there trying to help God judge people, 
you can't have any peace about it. See, 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 when God starts judging and you already got in the judging, or when God doesn't judge because you tried to do it for him, or when you try to get back at people, you can't sleep good when you're trying to repay someone evil for evil. You can rest good at night when they do you wrong, when they lie on you, when they backbite you, when they treat you wrong, when they run you down, when they hate on you, when they're envious of you, when they're jealous of you, when they keep getting ahead and nobody's, you can sleep good at night knowing the vengeance department is not mine and by the way it ain't mine because I don't know what I'm doing I'm, I'm flesh I'm evil I'm not perfect like it's run by somebody who always gets it right doesn't he notice the upset reaction Mordecai came to the king's gate here's, the, here's, here's Mordecai the king's gate look what doesn't he look don't you think he looks good with that that robe on let us not be weary in, do, in well-doing, for in what? Come on, talk to me, for in what? Who knows when due season comes? The king. Whom the king delighteth to favor. Ladies and gentlemen, you will be rewarded. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. I was reading in my devotions this morning, Hebrews chapter 10. God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love in which he ministered to the saints and do minister. I'm knocking on the doors and nobody notices. I'm witnessing and nobody notices. I'm going to the prison and nobody notices. I'm trying to live right and nobody knows. I'm doing right on my job and nobody knows. Listen to me. Listen to me. They may not know. Notice it down here, but heaven is keeping records. And when God says the time is right, the records will be read and the rewards will be rendered. This upset reaction. I, I, I don't know what I'd rather see. Mordecai on the horse or Haman coming home with his head covered. I mean, I'd just like to have been a fly on the wall while this big evil man with all this power comes home whining to his... Listen, listen, that's what pride does. Pride makes, makes you think you're strong even though you're weak and you look real dumb when your strong self has to cover your head and whine to your wife for help. That's a bully, isn't it? Huh? A bully can't do anything once somebody takes his power. So he tells Zerish's wife and all his friends everything that had befallen. You, you all should have been there. I was just ready to get rewarded and I was going to tell the king about the gallows and I was getting ready to get Mordecai destroyed and I walked in and thought I was going to be rewarded and guess what happened? He wanted to reward Mordecai and he used my idea to do it. And here goes this, oh baby, his wife, oh baby, baby, baby. If Mordecai be seed of the Jews before whom thou hast begun to fall, watch it now, thou hast begun, wait, wait a minute now, what, what happened to that wife in chapter 5 verse number 14? Oh, let a gallows be made of 50 cubits high, and tomorrow speak down to the king that Mordecai may be hanged thereon. Then go in merrily with the king into the banquet, and the thing please Haman. Oh, you know what she's saying in chapter 5? Get him, honey. Get him. Hang him. Hang him. And have a good time with the king. Now all of a sudden, God then stepped in the scene, chapter number 6. Here go that same woman that was barking in chapter number 5. Ooh, if Mordecai be of the seed of the Jews, before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but shall surely fall. Before. Chapter 5, get him, get him, get him. You got him. Chapter 6, oh, you barking up the wrong tree now. 
Boy, doesn't God know how to flex? Let, listen, the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. Now, everybody, everybody in here is in the middle of something where your flesh says, defend yourself. Defend, and, and look, look, and you got all them people around you giving you the pep rally. Don't be letting them do that to you. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna answer the phone after all they said about you. You're you going to invite them knowing what they said about you. You're going to speak knowing what they said behind your back. You're going to smile knowing how they lied on you. Yes, 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 yes. Because vengeance is not my department. And then all of a sudden, God should, listen, this old crazy wife evil to the core. She's got to be related to Jezebel. I mean, this, doesn't it sound like you have Jezebel all over again? This evil woman, the one who came up with the idea to make the gallows, in chapter number six is saying, thou shalt surely fall before him. I mean, she's his biggest fan in chapter five till God shall. It's amazing how God knows how to level bullies. Oh boy, honey. If Mordecai is the seed of the Jews, before I like the phrase, before thou hast begun to fall. Isn't that amazing? She said, Son, this is the early stages of defeat. But it's going down from here. <laughs> All these nuts that don't read the Bible because it's boring. Isn't this a great story? Don't mess it up. Don't put your hand in God's business. Come on. I'm tired of turning cheeks. I ran out of cheeks. <laughs> you better pray and ask God give you another one. I'm always the one. I just keep taking it. I keep taking it. I keep taking it. I keep taking it. I'm tired of taking it. Listen to me. You be tired a little bit longer of taking it because if you hang on long enough, you're going to watch God go from letting you take it to giving it. God's going to give it. And while they were yet talking, this whole chapter is a chapter of timing. King can't sleep out of nowhere. Go get the books out of nowhere. Go read them out of nowhere. Go honor the man out of nowhere. Haman's right there when I got to honor him out of nowhere. Ask him how to honor him. Who do everything for him? Oh, you think it's for you? Wrong. It's for your enemy out of nowhere. Go get the wife. Go cry to her and the friends out of nowhere. She said, you going down. And right after she says, you going down, they say, come on, time to go down. <laughs> look, at verse, look, at, look at verse 14. While they were yet talking with him came the king's chamberlains and hasted to bring Haman to the banquet. Watch this now, and I'm, and I'm finished. I ain't finished, but I'm going to quit. Look, it's amazing how when God shows up, what you thought was a good party turns into bad news. Huh. Wasn't he just bragging about the fact Nobody else gets to come to the banquet with me and the king. Oh, I'm special. Esther has invited me. He don't even know Esther is a Jew. Huh? 
You better be careful when you're evil. I don't, I can, look, I can say what I want to say to him. He ain't nobody. Yeah, but he might be kin to somebody. Who you think you are? You can't mess with me. Yeah, but my niece is the queen. Hey, next time you're picking on somebody because you think they're, they're, they're less than you, they ain't good enough to you, they can't fight you back, be careful. They may be a little runt, but they might have a big brother that'll knock you out. Tonight, I want you to be reminded when you do right, eventually, in due season, God will. Our Lord, our God, we bless you, magnify you, and thank you. Continue to work in us and through us. We're so grateful for your word. How many around the building tonight would say, Pastor, I've got something I'm going through in my life, challenges, difficulties, been wronged, persecution, going through a trial, something. And my temptation, come on, let's just be honest. Don't, don't sit up in here and say, I never, nothing in me ever wants to get anybody back. Well, you got another problem, honesty. It's in us all. Say, Pastor, I want to learn to let God be God and stay out of his business. That's you all over the building. Come on, raise your hand. God bless you. Young people and adults alike. God help us. And it ain't easy. Huh? It's not easy. You Listen, you ain't never been wrong. Keep living. It's coming. And by the way, if you've never been wrong, you know what that means? You just don't know it. Somebody's doing you wrong. But watch this now. God always does you right. God bless you for being honest tonight. If you're here tonight, you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. You ought to get to know him. Pray right where you are. Say, God, help. Help me to realize you're working. You're working. That means you're seeing everything that people are doing that are wrong. You're seeing everything that I'm doing that's right. Everything that's right will get rewarded. Everything that's wrong will get recompensed. I've got to trust that you're working behind the scenes. When is it going to happen, Pastor? When is it going to happen? Just when God says so. It's amazing how the whole stage was set for demise. And in one night, everything went from demise to deliverance. How long does it take God to turn things around? One night. One moment. Somebody to trust. Lord, we love you. We bless you. Thank you for the night. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give God the praise for being in God's house tonight.